on this episode of Comedy Rewind. How different would Team America World Police be if it was made in 2021? Is the production of this movie the reason Matt and Trey don't make films anymore? Do we need to bleep the word I think we do. All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, he promised me he'll never die. It's Benny McJanet. How you doing? I promised you I'd never die. Not that I'd never leave. Uh, man. This this movie. Happy Fourth of July. Oh my God. <laughs> sorry, America. Sorry. Actually, sorry, everyone. Let's just get it out of the road. Wait, like straight away. <laughs> Apologies to any minority stereotype things that are going to get said on this episode because this movie, holy shit. watching it in 2021. Wow. <laughs> Wild. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this was this was a Benny movie that mm-hmm. uh, was <laughs> long set aside for you as yep. the uh, resident South Park. Fan. Well, and we never it, got round to. We to, never did South Park. You know. <laughs> no, we we did basketball. Um, so that's mm. covered off, and this is our second entry from Matt and Trey. Yep. But yeah, wow, it's a good one to talk about. That's for sure. That's mm. what this podcast is all about. And without further ado, we'll get into Team America. Benny, what do you remember about watching this movie, and uh, you know, the experiences along the way? I remember giggling, giggling my little stoner ass off when I watched it <laughs> originally. Yeah. Yeah, I may know, like, I'm a big South Park fan. I loved that show since I was, like, 14 uh, when it first w- went to air and it was on SBS here in Australia originally. Mm. And something recently has not been on SBS as well, which is really bizarre, but anyway. It's on Netflix now. Yeah, so massive Matt and Trey fan. I love Orgasmo. I love Can- um, Cannibal the Musical. Love Basketball. Love South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Cut. So this is just the next thing in line for them. And just, yeah, at the time, because... Like, this came out in 2004? Yeah. So, like, we're talking September. peak Bush period of, you know, United States politics. I think they just, you know, invaded... Can we say invaded Iraq? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think, I think that's the politically correct term nowadays. <laughs> I'm very cautious where I step in regards to that stuff. But, yeah, like, it was... The world in that sort of era was, like, yeah... Team America World Police was literally what a lot of the rest of the world thought of America. And it just, if, like, from an Australian point of view, looking at it back then in 2004, um, got older being 21. Yeah, that sounds right. 21. You know, it's one of those movies where you just laugh your ass off because it's literally how we depict Americans <laughs> in our media. Mm. And what we we sit there making fun of them as well, so it it felt strangely accurate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense. Horribly, horribly racist, but like that's just it's just such a satirical look at America itself. Yeah, it's the tr- traditional or typical um, approach from Matt and Trey, mm. where yes, they are being wildly offensive, but there's like everyone's a target yeah so if america was being portrayed as um you know the actual heroes mm. and just and fair 
and everyone else was being stereotyped, it would it would be harder to get away with it. And of course, there are things that I think you wouldn't be able to get away with now no. because they are so offensive. Mm. But I think in a similar way that, you know, on South Park, they make fun of like every yeah. religion. There's, and, like there's no, like there's no, no one's territory. safe. No one's safe. No. Yeah. So I, I guess in this, in the way that South Park is still popular and successful and hasn't been literally canceled, mm. um, or well, even I, I just think like, that's because they've they've you know, always socially... been aware yeah. that yes, it's offensive. It's designed to be offensive. Yeah. It's, it's intentionally offensive. Mm. Um, and I think that's why it wouldn't. Have, it's never really been cancelled, even though f- yeah. for the most part it is incredibly offensive. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of cancel proof. Well, they can't. I socially. think didn't they just cancel themselves? Realistically, they're like, yeah, we're just going to cancel ourselves. <laughs> we don't give a, like they just sit there and make fun of themselves. Um, yeah. like turning up to the Oscars wearing bloody Jennifer Lopez's dresses. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they true. they don't care. <laughs> Yeah, my, my memories of this movie are limited because I definitely watched it on DVD mm. maybe like a year later or something. Yep. And I'm pretty sure I haven't watched it since then, mm-hmm. despite enjoying it enough at the time. How often do you think or how many times do you think you've seen the movie? Because oh, I'm obviously a big fan. I probably watched it maybe because I've got the DVD. Like I found the DVD to rewatch it for this. Um, like I've probably watched it maybe... Easily a dozen, yeah, probably up to a dozen or so times, just because, <laughs> not because of like, um, like pure fandom and love of the movie. It's more along the lines of one, it came out at a time in my life where I didn't have a lot of money. Um, so when you don't have a lot of money and you are a bit of a stoner, you watch a lot of DVDs on repeat. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, we didn't go out and do a lot of things except, you know, get drunk and stoned at home sort of stuff all the time. So that's pretty much what our entertainment was. Um, so that's when the majority of it got rewatched would have probably been, like, 2004 to 2000, let's say, seven time frame when it came out yeah. for, like, three years. And, like, this is the first time I've watched it in well over ten years, I'd say, okay. easily. Yeah. Unless it's been on TV or something and I've caught, like, clips of it, which... I don't think it's ever been on TV. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I would have rewatched it at all otherwise. I mean, it's I still remember so many of the lines though, so many. That's funny. Yeah, well, it's it, it's the kind of movie that this podcast was almost designed for, as far mm. as seeing how it's aged and how it hasn't aged, and um, looking back at something that you know definitely ha- has a different scope on it now compared to. When it released, but it's mm. also interesting to look back at kind of the story of this movie because there's such an interesting kind of background to it, and yeah. you know, it's all out there. It's all like being discussed because they're so open with everything. But uh, you know, they it sounds like a bit of a nightmare yeah. <laughs> to get this movie made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you can watch the like makings of. I'm sure they're all on YouTube now and stuff like that. But like they said, like. Oh, like they wanted it to be the same as how South Park for animation was that crude cutout sort of design. It's mm-hmm. like, well, let's just do that with puppets, you know. And so they did the marionettes and everything, and they realized, oh, shit. <laughs> this is a lot harder than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, there's a reason all those like Thunderbirds t- episodes mm. have like no stunts or yeah. anything, and they don't like they don't 
really do anything except for turn and look at each other. Yeah, and that's why they they purposely make fun of that sort of stuff in the fight scenes. Um, yeah, and things like that. And so they they yeah they just the way they the what they ran into when you watch those making ofs and like they're like the oh shit realization you can kind of see when they're talking about it. it's like oh wow we really just walked into we didn't know what we were getting into <laughs> and how much we had to put into it and like they what really relied on the marionettes to sell most of the comedy with the visual gags rather than the dialogue even though the dialogue was hilarious and offensive itself yeah yeah it was i think that what i read just recently was that they they as they were coming up with like the tone for the movie, mm. they realized it was better to instead of have the characters like telling jokes and stuff, just have them be completely serious. But because they're stupid dummies yeah. like puppets, it's it's hilarious. Exactly. And, you know, rather than rather than like any computer generated special effects that you add after the fact, they wanted to capture all the stunts yeah. completely live. And that was a huge undertaking for something with puppets and it could take like a whole day to get a really basic mm. shot of you know them holding up a gun or or doing something like a, a jump in the car or whatever it might be yeah. and it like according to just like looking at the wikipedia page it was the worst time of their life mm. and they were working like 20 hour days and sleeping pills and like getting really sick of working together yeah because they're already like basically married to each other with south park yeah and they almost like didn't even get to like the release date with a completed film like typical matt and trey though like they make an episode of south park in seven days i don't know if you've ever watched that documentary but you know that's Mm, just very typical then they leave everything to the last minute i guess there's a bit more on the line with a big studio and everything like that these th- these movies have like their release date and then they do like press junkets the week leading up to it mm. and apparently on October 5 which was 10 days before the release date the film critics were shown like a 20 minute highlight reel <laughs> instead of oh. the actual full movie because it wasn't <laughs> quite done <laughs> oh, and like even like the people who worked on the movie like the producers hadn't even seen mm the final version with the sound mixed properly and everything until the actual premiere. Yeah, so. there's a um, old story like where the, um, I think it was, the, is it Paramount? Mm, yeah, I think so. the Paramount producers like were shown an early um, clip and it's the opening where there's oh, yeah, the, yeah. the cheap marionette, like rubbish looking marionette with the hand painted background and it's like, that it does the zoom out the same as with the opening of the cinema but like when they short for the guy first saw the little cheap marionette he goes oh god they f***ed us <laughs> and then it did the zoom out and it was just little matt and trey p- playing a prank on the producers because they're like yeah. yeah let's see what we can get out of them <laughs> yeah hilarious it's um interesting though that they haven't done a movie together mm. since this i think and uh, it sounds like they kind of agreed that would be for the best because of you know just the the way that it went down and um i guess i think matt was directing no trey directed, trey directed it, it and did that kind of solo with uh with obviously matt very involved in other aspects of the movie mm. but yeah it just sounds like they didn't have a lot of fun no <laughs> you, you, you think it's a comedy it's all stupid like humor and hilarious and you think like yeah that would have been a fun thing to be part of but no it sounds like it was just like 
the kind of thing where halfway through they might have said, if we could wipe this clean and yeah. never think of it again, we probably would. Yeah, it definitely came across. Like the only, besides continuing South Park, obviously, the only thing they've really otherwise done is Book of Mormon. Like, mm. you know, writing and everything for that. Yeah, so. there's, there's one other thing that's on my What Have You Done For Me Lately, mm. which we'll get to. We'll get to that later. Soon. So, Rotten Tomatoes, do you want to have a guess how this one fared with the critics? With the critics? Uh, mm. They'd be down on... It, it's crude humour, so it's going to be down on the totem pole. Let's just say something around 45. I would have guessed in the 50s. Mm. 77, Benny. Really? 77. Yeah, they loved the it. The critics liked I it. I mean, either. I know it's got like pretty decent ratings like in the 70s yeah. sort of range, but I didn't, I didn't think the critics would like it. I didn't either because it's the like it's got all the things I guess that you think a critic would yeah be down on with Straight all the straight away on it you yeah know, this like just the South Park guys in general but I guess they appreciated the satire mm. of uh, not only Hollywood mm. but also America politically and the actors the you know the screen actors guild yeah well film actors guild in this case i, I guess <laughs> yeah. they just like i guess it it struck a chord with critics cuz mm. they they liked it and yeah i was i was just as surprised i've got a couple of quotes i usually pull one positive and one negative yep. so the first one is from a publication called the list and they said trey and stone's gleefully vicious staggering staggeringly non pc attacks on america's right left and center makes Team America an utterly outrageous delight. So that speaks to what we were talking about before, where there's kind of no, you know, safe territory mm. as far as the people being satirized. And then the um, the negative review from the Chicago reader, juvenile in the worst sense, confused and frightened by the adult world and begging to be protected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good uh, so good. So it made fifty one million yep. off a thirty two million dollar budget, and I think <laughs> I think one of the appeals for the studio was that oh, it's puppets. It, surely it won't cost that much money. <laughs> but yeah, um, they but they I think they they kept it probably cheaper by really. There's only like a handful of actors. Yeah, in the movie because Matt and Trey obviously play so many characters, mm. and all of the celebrities that are featured are voiced by one of them or or one of these other actors. Yeah, the um. Like Matt does, like the majority, or not Matt. Trey does the majority of the voices, and Matt does, mm-hmm. you know, he's the second most credited uh, voice actor in the movie. But like, they, um, they would have. I think what happened is that they didn't expect it to cost much because, like you said, they think it's puppets. But then to make the puppets look good, mm. and to make it look like a proper film, um. They had to spend a lot more money creating the sets and everything else around the puppets and all that. Like, yeah, the sets are crazy. Like the sets good. are actually really, really, really good that they made for these things. And like they talk about, like in the making of stuff on the DVD, like they talk about how like they to scale back again on cost, like they because the way they shoot the angles, they made it so okay. Well, we can make something that's twelve inches in the foreground. We can make that six inches in the you know, in the background because of the angle that it's shot at. So, you know, it's it's going to look further away and things like that. Um, so they had to get really clever and technical with that. And that's um, where I yeah. think they they found out later on is like, oh, this is where we're losing all our money is because we've got to be really technical and savvy with how we're doing these sets. And, I mean, it paid off because the sets look great. 
Yeah, they they hold up really well. Mm. I think it's like it's the kind of thing where I think if it was me directing it, I would almost be like, I'm not going to show up tomorrow yeah. because I know it's going to take you like 12 hours to get this three second clip. So you guys just sort it out and let me know how it goes. Yeah. But I guess that's one of the, the frustrations of, of not being part of the puppet world. Mm. Actually, that was one of the other things like on the sets. They were intentionally designed to, to be the American thought of what those parts of the world would be like like in the paris shot where you've got the arc de triumph and yes. eiffel tower and the louvre all within this like one city block essentially i mean they're not obviously uh-huh. in real life it's intentionally designed to be that way so that it would be to that like american tourist who's never been outside of say mm. epcot or something like that like <laughs> it's their impression of what paris would look like without even having ever gone there which which goes right in with the characters that you see exactly in scene. like every single french stereotype every t- stereotype <laughs> possible. Is, so you get the same thing in like cairo and panama canal uh yeah. it's just the shots of there's a very quick shot of like japan and there's a shot in of hollywood and everything like that and it's just all assumed this is what the stereotypical American thinks these places look like. Yeah. I, I did like when they would have like a real location mm. for the set. Like there's the, the shots of him going to like, I guess it's like a, a, a war memorial, yeah. like cemetery. And he's like the same height as all the headstones. Yeah. <laughs> And there's like there's a shot of him like on the motorbike going down the road, but it's like a full it's actually an actual road and he's this tiny little puppet on the road. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay. Oh, I love this. Uh, the number one song when the movie released on the Aria charts, it was December two thousand four. And there's no way you're guessing this, Benny. So it was These Kids by a guy you might remember called Joel Turner. Oh, Do you remember this dude? God no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was Joel Turner and the modern day poets and I think he was on like X Factor or Australian Idol or something like that and he was like a beatboxer. He was a so he came beatboxer? in okay yeah so he'd come in and he'd like do some beatboxing in his audition and I think he sang a little yeah, bit. yeah the only thing that was like that talent show around then I think was Australian Idol like there wasn't anything else that was yeah like- I think you're right so he it must have been Australian Idol and the other people. It makes sense actually because the other people on the charts like after him were like Casey and Anthony yeah. from that same like that second that year second of season, Australian yeah. Idol. So he must have like got knocked out really early or he not, might not even have got through and then he recorded his single and then the others finished and recorded theirs. But he was like one of the viral like yeah. people to come out of it because he was a little bit different. So yeah, that was a bit of a... <laughs> a, a time machine to, to see his name there. Um, what have you done for me lately? I, I'm only going to do Matt and Trey because yep. the rest of the people in this movie, surprisingly, like, not big names or anything. Like, I know now in South Park, they, like, the people that they have doing voices are people like Bill Hader and yep. like, these actual, like, well-known voice actors. But um, I don't recognize any of these people. And that's not to say that they haven't done a lot, but um, I imagine there's not much of interest when we're looking at like recent the works. The only one I recognize, and it's just because like his voice is very unique, is the guy that did Spotswood, um, Darren Norris. Okay. Uh, um, like he's done a lot of like animation voiceover and stuff like that in the past. Like his voice um, is very, very uh, recognizable. Um, yeah, right. Like he was in Fairly Odd Parents and Cowboy Bebop and stuff like that as well. 
So like, yeah, he's, sure, sure. Um, like he was in American Dad as well. Um, think there. So his voice, okay, has been around in like a whole bunch his of stuff. His voice is recognizable. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm just looking at his IMDb. Now he was on Veronica Mars yeah. and a couple of things. So okay, shout out to that guy. But otherwise, yeah. So um, Matt and Trey, it's pretty much just South Park, yeah. as, as we've mentioned. The Book of Mormon was a long time ago now. But there's a, a series that I wasn't aware of. It's a, I guess it's a web series. It's called Sassy Justice. Oh, okay. And they're they're both involved in this. I think Trey plays Mark Zuckerberg on it. Oh. <laughs> so it's looking like it's, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to tell from the name, Sassy Justice. But yeah, you, could, <laughs> you can only imagine. So I don't know. Maybe give that a Google. I'll have to, I'll have to check that one out. All right, so into the categories. What's the most 2000s moment of Team America World Police? Um, the most 2000s moment, especially because it's so much what people thought, like people that non-Americans thought of America at the time, especially, um, mm-hmm. was the the aftermath of like the... Um, the, the fights in like Paris and Cairo um, mm-hmm. and like the outrage after the fact as well. Like it, it just felt very much the thought pattern of how America was viewed. Yeah. They did. They did it on South Park once, yeah. I think as well. Like the, the kid, you know, the kid in Middle East somewhere that's yeah. getting bombed and hates America. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah. So it's very, very much that mid 2000s thoughts because of the Iraq war and the ongoing war in Afghanistan and things like that. Yeah. It felt very, very, that felt very, very mid 2000s to me. And just the, the looking at the, um, let's say the, the Middle Eastern thought, like the thought process around Middle Easterns felt very much yeah. that mid 2000s thought approach for americans i suppose more than us but yeah but very much a western vi- a view of <laughs> middle eastern society yeah it was very like black and white mm. response to 9-11 yep. you know where the good guys they're the bad guys kind of thing so yeah a very simplified view of a very complicated oh, yeah. scenario definitely um that's that's a good one uh, i had a couple of like pop culture references for this. So Michael Moore, oh, like he's yeah. never been more relevant than the two thousands. Yep. And him featuring in this movie is especially the early two thousands because that was post Columbine and um, Fahrenheit nine Fahrenheit eleven. eleven and all those. Yeah. Yeah. That was his moment, and yeah, like the directing the Rage Against the Machine video. Yeah. Yeah. Very early two thousands figure in pop culture. He'd be, um, you know. I'm, I'm assuming that he's continued to work, mm. but he hasn't really had the um, the uh, widespread like notoriety that he definitely had back then. Yeah. The other one I had was the whole song dedicated to Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael Bay. Yeah. And Ben Affleck, because man, like I'm actually a fan of Pearl Harbor, and I will kind of defend it as a decent story. You're on your own um, there, man. I'm, like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'll 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 go to bat for for Pearl Harbor. It's perfectly reasonable as a as a not not a rom com as like a kind of a romantic war movie. I'm sure there's like so much that uh, they did wrong if you're an American with an intense understanding of what actually happened mm. back in 1940 whatever. Um, but 
yeah, um, they certainly had a, a fun time making fun of it. Uh, and the fact that it got its whole song means that it was like a big enough moment in pop culture that they could, they could get away with it as well, yeah. because it, it would, it'd be kind of weird to do, to dedicate like minutes of a movie now to another movie mm. making fun of it. I think another thing that's kind of very 2000s, especially early 2000s is the choice of actors that they chose to actors. make fun as is the, the members <laughs> of the film actors guild. Um, yeah. Like, Alec Baldwin, yeah, like Alec Baldwin's obviously pretty great, but like Matt Damon and George Clooney, like and Samuel L. Jackson, they all sort of was like top tier. But then you've got hmm. Helen Hunt, Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, Janine Garofalo, yeah, yeah. Janine Garofalo. Like these, these aren't like they're obviously celebrities at the time, but they're not like top tier celebrities, and they're not regarded as that top tier celebrity still to this day or anything like that. They're still regarded as celebrities, obviously, but like the mm. no yeah, their popularity I, has that, definitely <laughs> waned over time. Sure, yeah. And Danny Glover was another one. Yeah. I th- I think, you know, from I just read an article that was quoting Matt Damon saying he still doesn't really understand why they uh, went after him. <laughs> I, I think he was just in not, the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, cause like yeah. they had George Clooney in there, but George Clooney was Sparky the dog. In South Park, yeah, he's good. He's good. So I think, them. and I think Matt Matt Damon's a fan. Like he said he's a fan of them. He yeah. thinks that they're geniuses, um, and he thinks that the people that were chosen mm. were chosen because they'd been people who had opposed the Iraq War. Probably. Oh, okay. Um, including like Sean Penn, obviously has like a whole sequence yeah. in the movie where he's talking about. I went to um, Iraq. Yeah, I it, went to it Iraq. It used to be a happy sunny place before America came. <laughs> Yeah, and apparently he was the one that was really upset by the movie and wrote them a long letter and ended yeah. it with like "f you" and said like "I'll like come to Iraq with me," which kind of misses the point. Yeah, it's like he's he's saying the thing that they're making yeah, fun of him for. Yeah, like, I remember Alec Baldwin was really upset with him as well. Uh, Kim, oh, no, I read that I read that Alec Baldwin was um, loving it and he offered to voice his own character. Oh, did I? They, okay, see, I think yeah. I remember at the time like it was more along the lines of Alec. Alec Baldwin was really upset. I almost did Alec Baldwin because of Kim Jong. Um, <laughs> so I could quote this movie a lot. Um, but like the, um, I remember at the time, like there was a big who like thing in like, I guess internet media and everything back then, which was mm-hmm. a lot smaller than what it is comparatively to today. But I remember at the time, like Alec Baldwin was upset about it. And I think since then he's probably watched it and things like that. And he's probably enjoyed it a lot more, but I, I, he, I remember him being distinctly upset. Apparently, Kim Jong Il was upset about it as well. Um, probably rightfully so. Um, but like he was like they that was sort of the thing that was getting coverage in the media was that these people were really upset about how they were portrayed in this film. <laughs> and like the story with the Matt Damon um, puppet is interesting because like I think Matt was like, "Well, is this how people see me? That I'm stupid and mm. like." Uh, not an intellectual or whatever and i think he was confused but it's it's way simpler than that in that they just got the puppet for him and it looked a bit off bit not quite right (laughs) yeah so they're like all right well let's make his character like very yeah um much an imbecile (laughs) yeah you know whose puppet actually i think looked the best out of the celebrities janine garofalo's 
Especially the scene when her head explodes. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, that's what Garofalo's head would look like if it got exploded like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's the yeah. most accurate puppet. <laughs> I'm guessing that they would have had to... It's not like a... Um you know, stop motion or whatever, where you can just change the mouth or the eyes no. on the, the claymation thing. You have to actually have a whole different head for the puppet mm. to, like, make its face different. Yeah. Like, if it has a different facial expression. So, they, they tend to... It's funny, like, they have the same facial expression for the whole, like, shot. Yeah. And then they'll cut in closer if they want a different facial expression. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They're done really well, though. Yeah. Most iconic scene... I mean, I had the sex scene. Oh, I don't know about you. I don't know how you could I, have I, anything else. <laughs> the sex scene stands out, obviously, because um, it was the, the thing, thing that was. Of. It was one of the selling points of the film at the time as well. Is like, oh, we've got puppets having sex. Um, yeah. Like the most iconic scene is. Oh god, it, it's tough to pick for me because I think it's probably the Cairo chase. Oh yeah, that With stood the out whole, like, like memory-wise. Yeah. The car chase, yeah, yeah, just because I think that sums up the movie the most of what, like, <laughs> what the movie's really about. I think any time those like airplanes take off and yeah. the music plays, that's like, also America. very iconic. Because that's that's super iconic. Yeah, as soon as anyone mentions like Team America, everyone goes America, yeah, like straight onto it. So that song obviously stands out very much. The Kim Jong-il stuff, obviously, as well, because that's um, pretty integral to the film, especially the racism around that. But mm. it's kind of hard yes. to feel bad about the racism when you're talking about Kim Jong-il, <laughs> even though it is horribly, horribly racist. We'll go into de- some detail yeah. on one of the later questions. We certainly will. <laughs> so the, the sex scene's an interesting, like, obviously, this... If you followed it, you would know the story of how it was originally this like three minute masterpiece. Mm. And got, like it was like a flippant idea, like oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? And almost like similar to the whole concept of this movie, it became such a bigger thing because not just was it difficult, I guess, like everything was difficult, but they actually had a massive back and forth with the MPAA, which is, I guess, the ratings board mm. in the US, to try and get it like from like the NC seventeen down about the clashes and they were saying like the board was telling us it can't be so many different positions so they had to cut some of them out and they had like a golden shower and that got removed and it was just like all these all these like sexual deviant (laughs) things that they you know wanted to throw in there for for laughs i guess Mm. i guess the joke to them was that they were forcing this board to just watch all these weird close-ups and crazy sequences yeah. with these puppets only for them to say like um oh. no you can't do that yeah <laughs> have any of that yeah like funny thing or fact about the um sex scene they had to create specific puppets just to be able to film the sex scene because the traditional marionettes that they were using for the rest of the film were too small to be able to get the <laughs> positions and everything right to be able to actually film it correctly so they actually built mm. specific puppets for the sex scenes right. okay. that were bigger so that they could manipulate them a lot better. Um, <laughs> so that's one of the, the really unique things about that sex scene. And but yeah, it's like, like I said before, it's one of the selling points of the movie when they were promoting it was, we've got puppets having sex. And it's the kind of thing that 
if you just went to watch the movie and were telling your friends about it, mm. it would be like, oh, you'll never believe like there's a like a one minute long sex scene with puppets and it's hilarious. Yeah. It's definitely um, a funny point of the movie. Because <laughs> it's kind of the sexual tension for the whole film building up to it. And like the yeah. first time you're watching it, you're like, how are they going to do this? <laughs> yeah. And then oh, you watch man. it and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. It's just wild to uh, think that people dedicated probably months of their lives to those 50 seconds. <laughs> Oh man. Oh. Okay. Uh, so the <laughs> the other, like, as far as I- iconic, I'm just gonna say like one of the funnier scenes is the opening with France and the first time mm. that you kind of get a hint of what the movie's gonna be like. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like watching the movie for the first time for me because it'd been so long, and yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching it back, and I was like the immediate like. The French stereotypes, like the little kid walking around with the French jacket. He bumps into the terrorist, and there's the Middle Eastern music plays, and there's this glow, like full Osama bin Laden looking beard mm-hmm. guy, just with the eyes bulging out of the head and glaring mm-hmm. at this child and everything like that as well. It's just like, oh no, <laughs> I forgot how bad this is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. What holds up the best? And like you've mentioned before, I had the satire of the USA. Yeah. Um, the song Freedom Isn't Free is almost like the perfect encapsulation of that. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. The the Everybody Has AIDS song as well. Uh, <laughs> um, that's still hilariously funny. Uh, the what the sets still hold up beautifully. Mm. Yeah, um, they do. Like Especially all France. the scenery so much depth and the sets. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's. When you think about what they've created, like they've had to handcraft these sets for the marionettes to act on, they are actually quite beautiful and amazing um, sets that they've done. And then it's just got this this sprinkling of a fence sitting on top of it. (laughs) Something that Matt Damon mentioned in his interview that I was reading as well was that, Mm. you know, all those actors were picked because they were opposing the Iraq war or the invasion or conflict or whatever it's meant yep. to be called or what it was called at the time. And he he was feeling quite vindicated by history that they were in the right and that it turned out to yep. be kind of not really the, 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 the right move for America to invade in wake of, of 9-11. Um, the whole WMDs thing didn't really pan out for, for Bush. No. Um, oh well, that was the th- that was the other thing. Like, and it, going back to the what's a very two thousands moment, Hans Blix. Yeah, like you so, don't hear about Hans Blix these days anymore, mostly no. because he was only going to Iraq really to deal with Saddam Hussein at the time. So yeah, that's one for <laughs> older listeners. Is yeah. Hans Blix? There's a <laughs> there's a dated reference. Well, I see. I was sixteen, seventeen when this was happening, so I didn't even know who he was, honestly. Like, yeah, okay. I wasn't really on my radar. But interestingly, they didn't bring up George Bush at all or include him in the no. movie at all. I, I, I'm not sure whether that rates on, like, what holds up the best or or worst or what, but I, I guess it keeps it from being, like, as much as there's comments about the invasion, it's not like mm. this is a... a, a satire of george bush which is like probably the really easy thing to do and they probably did it on south park already 
and it's avoiding yeah. that kind of crossing over too much. Yeah, it's they they kind of steered clear uh like and there is the scene at the end where you got all the world leaders at Kim Jong's palace and everything like that, but they make no effort to identify them as any other world leader besides Kim Jong. Yeah. Um right. like it's specifically done as well that all those world leaders are drawn up as again American stereotypes of what people think they are. Like I think it's the German leader he's got that gnarly mustache and then the pointed helmet that okay. kim jong dies on at the end is like that's very yeah. much not realistic no. <laughs> like they would not wear that to some sort of functioning gala mm-hmm. um but yeah it's yeah they they definitely avoided getting into the politics by like the actual politicians i suppose rather mm-hmm. but they get into the politics of what the issues are well, they make fun of the issues, at least, anyway. Yeah, I think this like some of the songs hold up better than the others, but the ones mm. that satirize the US, as I mentioned before, I think are still quite true. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know, the the idea that America is jumping into a bunch of conflicts where they're either not needed or not wanted, like that doesn't seem yeah. to have gone away. With you know, the next ten years was Afghanistan and. Mm-hmm. You know, at the moment, we've got a lot of discourse going back and forth about support for Israel versus Palestine. Yeah. And it's it just, it's, it's, I guess it's a ever-present theme when you've got a military as big as them and, you know, you have to do something with it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's the other thing with the military side of stuff is, like, we're literally only coming out of, like, pulling out of Afghanistan this year. Like Australian troops, literally the last troops left what in this last week, right? That was only in the news this last week. Um, I think American troops are aiming to be out by the end of September. Mm. Okay, from what I remember, that's wild because they, I feel they like wanted I, to be out by yeah. the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven. Essentially, was what I remember hearing. I feel like I remember hearing Obama be like, "We're gonna bring them home" or something like that, mm. and that was would have been like you know twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen or. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was it was a long time ago. It's been a long time coming that, you know, the troops would be pulling out. And I think Iraq, they want to pull all the troops out of Iraq as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously slow going considering the mess that the, the war has made of those countries. Yeah, so that's probably a good seg into what holds up the worst. And we actually had a question mm. um, from the 8-bit account sent in by I am, at I am Cyber Waste, Justin Lutz. What are some bits that seemed funny when the movie came out that have aged a bit now that some time has passed? We would have talked about that, oh, yeah. about this anyway, but you know, framing it in the context of something that seemed funny at the time, there's there's a lot of things. There's there's, there's there's a few things. Um, okay, uh, the blanket Asian stereotype voice for Kim Jong Il. Yeah. Um, the Um Like I said, I've watched this movie so many times. I can do the. <laughs> Impression. I do because I've watched so much South Park and Matt and Trey over the years. I can do a lot of their voices yeah. as well. So I apologise for doing that as well as I did. I wrote down. Um, yeah, I wrote down the English as well, just because like yeah, it's making fun of Kim Jong Il is completely one hundred percent fair game because he's a yeah. dictator who was he was a not, horrible not horrible a good person. person. But at the same time, it's it's not 
just making fun of him it's making fun of like every asian person by by, exactly. by, by using this stereotype this, this um, stereotype voice yeah yeah so um there's the the durka durka muhammad jihad uh-huh. i wrote that down um, word for word <laughs> yep yep um i'm actually looking at the quotes on um imdb i got that up next to me at the moment there's one of the quotes is buck durka durka allah durka durka muhammad jihad Haka Sherpa Sherpa Arbak Allah, and the terrorist response Ah Durka Durka Durka, like that Ah Durka 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 that became like a meme joke between me and my friends back when you know memes weren't really a thing. Mm. Like we we just see Oh yeah Ah Durka 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 like that's horribly racist. And the other thing that really stands out to me is something that's um, no longer as funny is the Film Actors Guild being shorted to fag yes um and alec baldwin's speech where he's like way to go fag like <laughs> you can't say that anymore uh, you couldn't say that really back then either but like it's it's even more on the nose today than what it was back then mm. do you think um do you think even south park would do that now i mean they did the the uh it, redefining the word episode uh around 2000 nine i want to say 2009 2010 mm. yeah where basically if, they yeah. were calling harley harley yes. riders annoying f-ts. yeah they were saying we it, it should just be a word that um is used to describe you know someone who's really annoying people annoying yeah yeah because like they even had like they brought in like big gal and mr slave as characters to be saying that yeah the harley riders are f-ts and things like that um yeah so like they they've towed the line i think since then i don't think they've used it in anything else since that's a long time from memory that's like 12 years ago it's still now. it's still 12 years ago yeah, yeah. i feel but like like even even like now. in that time frame it was like god do people actually still use this word like that's that's pretty horrible from what mm. i remember about like 2010 i remember watching it going oh no <laughs> yeah yeah i think we've got to the point now where hearing someone say it is like kind of a record needle scratch everyone turns yeah. and looks and says like did that just happen yeah so to the point that i'm like do i bleep that or not i don't yeah, know yeah you probably yeah i know i did say it a couple of times i mean i was using it in context yeah but, yeah it's um, yeah it's just one of those it's a prog- progress that we've had since this movie mm. that he- seeing seeing it and hearing it so many times in you know the, it's an acronym it's a joke it's kind of making fun of hollywood but the target yeah. who's the target really like who, i mean the target yeah. is hollywood but the victim is almost that that you know the gay community i guess because they're yeah. the ones that hear that and are hurt by it so yeah exactly. that, that doesn't that doesn't hold up well I that, think. so that was probably like the one of the worst ones so yeah you get the 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 stereotypical de- depictions of people and things like that and then the use of um so you don't have to bleep another one, that word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, I, off the top of my head, they're the ones that come to mind easily mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. I think making fun of celebrities is is fine. Like, making fun of celebrities is what they've always yeah. done. Yeah, always that, done. That's okay. It's more like the way that they've chosen to do it. Yeah. And... Yeah. I, th- I, yeah. I think... Genuinely, like they've tried to do the right things over the years, but yeah, this one that that kind of sits on the nose. Like, like you said, it's the record scratch sort of moment when you hear someone say that these days. Yeah, 
And I guess the fact, like, they still do the stereotypical voices on South Park, don't they? Like City mm. Walk and the Mongolians, and like it's. Yeah, the City Walk guy, they retconned his story. Yeah. In, I can't remember what <laughs> season, but basically they made it so the City Walk guy was actually turned out to be the split psychosis personality of yep. Butter's psychologist. Yes. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> Yeah, and even watching that, then I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is rough." <laughs> did, they, did they? Do you think they retconned it f- to be more PC, or just for something fun and weird to do? <laughs> I think they ended up going that way to cover, maybe to make make it more PC, but I don't think they successfully did that. <laughs> I don't know, but I knowing Matt and Trey, they're just like, yeah, this shit's funny. Let's just do it. Pretty much. Like, yeah. fuck, it's going to offend someone. Who cares? They'll be over it by the next episode anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll offend someone else more, and then it won't yeah. matter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a good segue into the next question. Who would be the most offended? I wrote Koreans and Sean Penn. <laughs> Sean Penn. Sean Penn um, definitely was offended based on the letter that he wrote to them. Yeah, I like... Kim Jong was public, like he, it was publicly made aware that he was very offended by it, and apparently he wanted to like order assassinations on them. Um, but I don't yeah. think he knew who to assassinate. <laughs> it's funny because um, the, the the interview was the you know the Seth Rogen James Franco movie was the one that got the huge controversy, like the huge heat, yeah, um, wrapped up in like I guess terrorist threats and stuff. But yep. it may have just been a timing. Thing in comparison to this movie where if this movie came out in 2014 instead of the interview it would have been the same scenario exactly yeah um yeah obviously um the gay community the um mm-hmm. the muslim community uh yeah, asians every, uh, every french people <laughs> people from panama um Anything that's been stereotyped, um, Americans, yeah, they're, they're, Americans <laughs> should be. We'll rephrase it. Americans should be offended, but they're not sm- the ones that. There are parts of America that are too dumb to realize that they're being offended by this film. Yeah, I, I, know <laughs> I think that's saying. the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, does it pass the internet relevancy test? Um, I'm gonna defer this one to you. Look, gif wise, it still come up is the the vomiting scene. Yeah, that still pops up, you know, <laughs> from time to time. Um, the 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 theme song as well, probably the theme song, obviously. Yeah, that that's stuck around throughout the years, but yeah. like realistically, not a lot. Um, I think that's because a lot of people. When you go back and you look at it, you realize how horribly offensive it is. Um, yeah, so a, a lot of it doesn't seem like stand the test of time. Yeah, at all, really. Yeah, even like uh, I just typed in like America team, like Team America, and you've got like when he's gesturing wildly in the back of the jeep as like yeah. the signal, but he's got yeah, like the- he's got like the patchy beard and the actual yep. towel. As his turban, his head, which is yeah. obviously a reference to towel head, which is, I guess, a very kind of offensive. 
Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I, the black face painted on him as well. Mm. Yeah. So not super relevant, internet relevant, but enough, you know, especially with that vomiting mm. one. Yeah, that was that's the only one that I like when I was looking for gifts to post with Twitter posts and stuff for this film. I was like, oh wow, they're uh, <laughs> none of them really stand out all that great. <laughs> There's a few Kim um, Jong. The ones Matt Damon that, yeah. things, yeah, the Matt Damon thing stands out as a bit of a meme. The Matt yeah, Damon, but other than that, it is because it's hard to talk about Matt Damon without someone dropping that. Okay. Or, or mentioning yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> I feel, um, I feel but, sorry yeah, for it, him having to listen to people do that impersonation his whole life. Probably, like think about all the stuff Matt Damon's done in his career, and I bet the thing that he gets the most when he's walking down the street is Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. you know, I was in Goodwill Hunting. Like, come on, <laughs> can't, you, can't you say like I wrote Guild with yeah. Goodwill Hunting? I got an Oscar for it. <laughs> can't you say like, how do you like them apples? But no, I'd be yeah. Matt, Matt Damon. Applesauce, bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, the next question's almost completely irrelevant. <laughs> how would mm. smartphones and social media change this movie? It's like, come on, it's it's puppets. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's not really. Uh, yeah, let's skip that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, it doesn't work with we, this film. We always ask, um, could you make this movie today and what would the 2021 version look like? But we had a question from uh, at Papa Drew Bear, Andrew Taylor, who says, could you get away with making this movie now? And I feel like, no. I think maybe it'd be like a, maybe a Netflix. This exact movie? No, no. But knowing a Matt and Trey style movie, they could certainly do another movie. Hmm in this vein, let's say, yeah. um, to today's standards, they could easily pull off anything sort of in this sort of... Yeah. Their it's... style of humour. Like, they, they can still make this sort of movie and everything like that and TV show, Like, they literally just brought out the South Park pandemic special last year. I mean, it's not the, it's not the film, it's but yeah. it's the same sort of... exact same sort of offensive comedy that they're known for. So... Could they make a similar sort of film today? Yes. Would it be this exact film? No. Yeah. That's right. I was going to say, like, this is basically South Park with puppets doing, like, yeah. American, like, paramilitary. That's basically what yeah. it is, to me at least. And in that sense, yes, you could. But it, yeah, absolutely would not have a lot of what's in this version. So, yeah, I guess that, yeah, the 2021 version would be less about race, racial stereotypes, mm-hmm. I think, and more about, mm-hmm. you know, if Kim Jong-un, who's the, who's the new it's one? Un now, Un, yeah. yeah. If it was him, it would be, you know, making fun of him for some other reason, not like or his the, voice. His love with De- Dennis Rodman and yeah. all the other <laughs> that he does. Yeah. yeah. Which I think the interview I, I actually quite liked that movie. The interview I think is actually a really good film. Yeah. Like Randall Park. Oh, Randall Park. Yeah, he's who he's play, who ends up playing. He's so good. He's a funny man. So yeah. good. I man, I rewatched um, Fresh Off the Boat recently because it, it's on Disney Plus now. Okay, cool. And God, he is so good in that that show. That show is really underrated. It was a really good show. Um, and he is really, really good in that show. I'll have to check that and out. And also recently, obviously, he's good in um, WandaVision too. Yeah, I really was a big fan of the Netflix rom-com that he put out with um, Ali Wong. Um, maybe. Uh, is that the... Always Be My Maybe, it was called. Oh, oh yep. I was and... trying to think. Because wasn't he also in Crazy Rich Asians? 
as I well. I think I feel like every or was that the <laughs> mum from Fresh Off the Boat. I don't know. I feel like almost it was every, one of them. Almost every Asian American actor got a yeah. shot in that in that movie. I, I still haven't seen it, sorry. Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark mm. plug. This one's tough because it's old Matt and Trey. <laughs> but yeah. I gave it to Phil Hendry, who plays Intelligence. Because oh, okay. I just love that uh, there's all these, you know, 80s action movie cliches, including mm. the talking computer. But the voice that they gave it is like California Surf Bro. Yeah. <laughs> and they never really play on it too heavily. Like they never really yeah. make lot like draw any attention to it. Some people probably don't even notice cuz he's not like he doesn't have like a ton of lines. But anytime the computer talks and it's like, "Oh, it's just like a surfer dude." <laughs> yeah, it's just the most casual conversation ever. Yeah. Like this the line is like, "Remember there is no I in Team America." <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> Yep. So that's yeah, that's who I decided to give it to. No one else really jumps out to me. Mm. Uh, is it still a good movie, Benny? Um, look, <laughs> it's a long pause. Maybe it's it, yeah. That's an awkward pause for you. Um, <laughs> look, realistically, uh, does it hold up today? Is it a good movie? No. Did I watch it saying like all the lines that I remembered along with the film? giggling my little ass off last night yes um <laughs> how does that make you feel but that's that, that's a nostalgia thing <laughs> yeah. for me as well it's like and also it's just my love of south park and voice acting and stuff and me just doing the silly vo- the voices along with matt and trey mm. um like that's probably why that movie was still enjoyable for me mm-hmm. if you hadn't seen it before and you were to watch it today you would most likely hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. That's the best way I could put it. Because rewatching it, I had a good time because I sit there just making like all the jokes and repeating all the lines um, just from a nostalgia point of view. Mm. Um, yeah, and I guess it's easy for us because we're not the butt of any of the jokes. Like we're Australian, no. we're straight white males. Like we don't have yep. to watch it and feel like the cringe of of being made fun of so it's probably mm-hmm. easier for us to say yeah it, it holds up or it's still good exactly um but like i definitely still laughed a lot watching it yeah um sometimes there's, there's other st- yeah. jokes in there that aren't offensive yeah it's like, not a non-stop well, like pushing the boundary kind of yeah, approach. it's like yeah. the Jesus. This is Jesus. This is a nice limit. Yes, it is. Now suck my c-. like that's like <laughs> he's making a joke about a joke sort of thing as well. Like and then like all there's lots of little jokes in there like um, that have got nothing to do with being offensive or like that. It's just like ripping on action films essentially. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it's so definitely... there are other bits in there to laugh at. Yeah, and if you. I guess are old enough to have seen A Team and all the eighties, yeah. you know, TV dramas and, and movies that they were inspired by. You probably appreciate that even more. Um, mm. It's, I think it's you know, like I said, easy for us to say that we're okay watching it, but we can't really project anyone else's perspective with only oh, got no. our own. So I, I'm gonna say yeah, like it's, I think it's fine to to rewatch and enjoy it and 
even just educational to go back and watch mm. and go like, oh, like this was okay um, 17 years ago. And probably, even though it's Matt and Trey, probably wouldn't be okay now. It's like, it's it's, twe- nah. it's tweaked. Like they like society, but also those two have progressed enough that they would do it quite a bit different, I think is, is interesting because they're kind of the guys that you think like they always push the boundaries. They push the boundaries now. They pushed it back then. But the boundaries mm. have moved. Therefore, the amount yeah. that they're going to push them has also changed. I think. Yeah, I, I can't. I agree with you 100 percent. There, it's boundaries have definitely changed over the last 20, 30 years. Mm. Like since we were young, that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because it, it they kind of push in both ways. Where like mm. there's there's things back then that you couldn't do that you can do now and vice versa like yeah like i think one of the things with the um that frustrated them about you know editing that sex scene down was they've got people's heads exploding in this movie and Mm. no feedback from the studios about that but then you know throw in a a sex scene with puppets and suddenly Mm. you know it's it's that age-old like hollywood issue or double standard i guess as far as what's suitable yeah it, it it is it is and like i've talked about this on a previous podcast before where like when i went to go see the south park movie at the movies um it was out the same time as universal soldier 2 yeah which you know guns violence actual nudity and things like that um that was rated m yeah, so universe in Australia that was rated M. Okay. South Park was rated MA fifteen plus. I was sixteen. I didn't have my ID or anything like that, so I couldn't get in to see South Park. But the ticket to the ticket guy was very happy to sell me a, a ticket to Universal Soldier Two, where I got actual nudity and actual violence and everything like that. But fuck, I can't have a cartoon character swearing at me, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether that's changed or not. I, I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't. I, I guess I'm old enough now that I don't even like look at a rating for a movie when, nah, I, when I go to see I. it. It's like, oh, that was a, an R18 movie. I guess that you know that makes sense. Mm. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's Team America. Happy Fourth of July <laughs> to everyone out there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> and um, yeah, tell us tell us what you think about Team America if you've watched it recently or if you've deliberately chosen not to probably makes sense mm-hmm. as well um yep. but yeah as as we've said every episode be sure to subscribe share the podcast with your friends you can grab your 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net it's a great way to support what we're doing here you can also do that with a lovely little donation or pledge at our ko-fi page that's ko-fi.com slash we are 8-bit uh, Benny, you must have some uh, cocktail club stuff happening soonish. I do have an episode coming soonish. Um, I just need to do some fancy editing on it, mm. and it will be right to go out on the Kofi, and then following up on the Eight Bit Cast feed two weeks after, uh, featuring one Miss Ali Hart, and uh, we have a we enjoy a margarita together. Beautiful, so, yeah. beautiful sounds delicious okay well yep. uh, you can help the show even more with a little podcast review in your podcast service mm-hmm. of choice especially Apple Podcasts and Podchaser head over to the 8-bit cast and do the same for Benny 
Uh, where can we find you in the meantime, mister? Uh, find me on Twitter at thespawny13 um, and follow everything at WeR8Bit on Twitter and all the other socials. And yeah. Very good. You can catch me at Jono himself, dear listeners. We want to thank you again for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Be kind. Much love. Stay hungry. <laughs>